Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Panonto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how are you? I am all right, Nick. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Sound like you got a little bit of a cold. I'm a little stuffy today, and my allergies are straight up killing me. Yikes. Yeah, it's a, it's been a little bit of a brutal morning, so... And that was Health Corner. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Before we leave Health Corner, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Yeah. I had some sort of eye issue a while back, but I ended up with a new eye doctor and solved the problem. All right. Yeah. All right. Terrific. Closure. It's important. Uh, all right, Matt, I assume you've seen some movies? Yes, I have. I've seen what have you s- three movies. Wow, three movies. All right. What did you see? Well, one of them's from like two weeks ago, but I realized I didn't talk about it. Uh, <laughs> so I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, no way. All right. I saw a documentary called What the Health. And I saw a movie called The Founder. Wow, the McDonald's movie? Correct. Oh, okay. Uh, I saw two movies this week. Uh, I saw a movie called... The Mustang from 2019 and uh, Batman Hush from 2019, ah. which just came out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about both of those. Uh, since you have more, why don't you begin? Okay. Well, I'll kick things off with the documentary, uh, What the Health, then. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I, I don't have a ton to say about it so it's it's a guy who it's a little disjointed so i guess i, I kind of as i'm talking about it, i kind of have to hit the criticisms because it's not exactly straightforward about what it's trying to get at and i think mm-hmm. it's in a way i think that's by design like the guy doesn't want to come out and say hey this is a documentary arguing for being vegan um, so instead it's sort of a hodgepodge of half-hearted criticisms of the dairy industry, the, the meat industries, um, and the, uh, sort of propaganda or, or you know, commer- like the, the pressure by these or industries on things like the American Cancer Society or the American, um, heart. Health Society. I, I'm not quite sure what the organization name is there. Now that I think about it, um, I think you, I think you nailed it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's a uh, and like the mm, the the companies themselves. So like the American Cancer Association. Like he's like trying to critique their recommendations. And actually, you know, tell you the truth, I don't know if he really emphasized that those organizations, the health organizations are being pressured by the food industries, but that they're like sort of in bed with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, he's like, why is it that if meat is a carcinogen, the Cancer Society is suggesting people eat this meat and putting all this, you know, eat meat diet suggestions on their websites um which you can argue like technically they're not like at some point he's talking to a guy and he's like hey how come your website 
suggests that people eat these foods for, uh, you know, cancer prevention or whatever. And the guy's like, well, we don't have a diet. And, you know, it's like technically true, but it is right there on their website that like basically they're saying, here are foods you should eat. Um, so there's definitely shadiness going on in these industries and organizations, but the guy's way of approaching it's also kind of bullshit. Like uh-huh. there are lots of clips in this movies where or in this in this movie where he's like calling people and he's just calling as far as I can tell, whatever number is sort of on the box <laughs> and just going, so why is it that you guys suggest this food? And the person on the other end of the line will be like, well, you'll need to talk to somebody else. And he's kind of like the way it's edited together. He doesn't look at the camera and go, see, <laughs> but it's kind of made to look that way. And I'm like, for all I know, he's just talking to a receptionist being like, what's your argument for people eating this kind of food for their cellular health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are like diagrams that I- I'm exaggerating here a little bit for the sake of clarity, but it- it's like drawings basically of like little hamburgers going into veins. <laughs> like <laughs> when you eat a hamburger, here's what's happening. Little hamburgers attack your blood. Um, so it's, it's pretty janky and there are a handful of, of people, maybe about, halfway through or so that he starts like talking to people who are super ripped and like are doing all these cartwheels and flips and marathons and stuff like that. And he's like, comes kind of close to being, I think he's trying not to, but he comes close to being like, see they're vegan and they're muscular and doesn't really even acknowledge. Like what I'm addressing here is that people criticize veganism for not allowing you to be muscular and it's 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 weird it's kind of interesting if you go into it pretty skeptical um which i would imagine you would uh Uh it's kind of interesting actually to see someone criticize other people for being shady in the jankiest shadiest way possible Uh um and it's not quite as disgusting as like when our president does it um but you know i'd say check it out for that i I will say this much when he points out what companies fund these health organizations i mean i would imagine there are also some legit things that contribute to these organizations but when you're seeing like um like the the beef industry funding heart health it's it is kind of interesting it's kind of like oh Okay. All right. Well, what if they are suggesting, hey, eat a bunch of meat and they're being paid, you know, by the meat industry? Right. That's, that's interesting. So that's there a were definite conflict of interest. Yeah. Yeah. There were a couple things that I'm like, all right, I, I am glad to know that. Um, and I will admit that since watching it kind of out of spite, <laughs> I went <laughs> vegan for two weeks because. There are some ridiculous claims. Like, there are a couple people that he talks to who he's like, look at how unhealthy they are. Look how slowly this woman is moving through her house. And there's, like, this very obese woman who's like, I'm on a million medications, and I'm super screwed up by all these medications I'm on. And then, like, she goes vegan for two weeks and is like, after three days of being vegan, and then after two weeks, I'm just great. And this woman who's like 
hobbling through her house with a walker. I think it's like after two days. Maybe I have the women reversed in my mind, but one of them is like, after two days, I am a whole different person. And the other one's like, after two weeks, I'm great. I'm thinking, what have you been eating that two days of eating a different diet is vastly different? Like, I could take someone probably who doesn't identify as vegan at all and find places in their, you know, week where they like, oh, yeah, I didn't get any meat yesterday or I didn't get, you know, I actually didn't eat meat or cheese for a couple of days without it being an intentional thing mm-hmm. and not seeing miracles worked in their bodies. So because of w- watching this and seeing these bullshit claims, I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to spitefully go vegan for two weeks and see what kind of superpowers I get. Um and I will admit. All right. Well, wait. Now it's time. Can, it's yeah. time for the results. What, yeah, yeah. Drum roll. What? Perfect. <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> well, now I can shoot laser beams from my eyes. My God. <laughs> yeah. No, I I do actually feel a bit better than I did before, but it's probably just a matter of I wasn't eating many vegetables. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh huh. So. So I, I I have changed my diet a little bit and it's pretty good. So I'll I'll give it that, but I probably could have done that without being motivated by spite from a crappy documentary and just decided to be a healthier person. Um, so anyway, that's that that really is kind of the the documentary in a nutshell. Um, I I I kind of want you to watch it just. To for you to go in with a skeptical eye and be like, "Wow, this is really shady." Yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. I watched uh, fair enough. <laughs> I watched um, most of. I want to say Food Inc. Uh huh. I, I think that was it. There was like a whole bunch of those vegan documentaries mm-hmm. that came out like around the same time period, and I think Food Inc. is the one I saw like towards the end of because my wife was watching it. Uh-huh. And I just got so furious <laughs> by the end of it. Did you see that one? I haven't. Um, uh, I could be wrong, but like uh, the the part that I remember the most is at the end when like the main guy is talking about how powerful salads are to eat, <laughs> and how and how eating salads will cure your cancer, uh-huh. and how the uh, the medical community doesn't want you to know that. And how, because he ate salad, he got cured of cancer. And this other lady who ate salad got cured of cancer. And they're all just sitting around this table eating this out of this giant salad bowl. And they're all like, they're just so happy to be having salad without cancer. You know know who's not at that table? All of the people who've died of salad cancer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, uh... I mean, this is like the whole time I was watching it, I was like, this is so self-serving. It's, it's, yeah, it's, they're not really delivering any real information. It's all, it's all like fear-based propaganda uh, to say that meat, the meat that you're eating, the meat and the cheese that you're eating is killing you. And the the only way to, to save yourself is to eat is to eat greens, but you better make sure that they're organically grown because the big conglomerations want to give you salad cancer from their from their giant salad farms. You got to eat local, locally produced 
salad. It's important. And I'm just like, ugh, salad is salad. It's the same ingredients. It, it's 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 just it's just carbon. <laughs> and there's there's no such thing as toxins in your body. Like like you you have a liver and kidneys. They eliminate toxins and then you pee it out. That's that's how that works. There's no such thing as a detoxifying your body. There's it's just all uh, guru-y BS. Well, yeah, I, I I haven't seen the other one, but it sounds like kind of a similar feel in terms of like the arguments seem like they are pulled from. You know how when you open your phone, they're just like random recommendations and stuff. Like you should yeah. read this article or this article, and you're like, what? Vox. Yeah, That's from Vox. One thing's from Fox. One thing's from JoeBlow.com. <laughs> Whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it seems a bit like that sometimes. Um, and yeah. that's kind of how this movie felt where I'm like, these just feel like headlines from yeah. people. I don't necessarily have any, well, I don't have any reason to, to believe more than anything else. Right. Like, I mean, I, I don't begrudge anyone for their dietary choices. Like if you want to be vegan, that's great. Sure. I don't care. Um, everybody needs different chemicals in their body. Like everybody's chemical makeup is a little bit different. You're going to need some protein. You're going to need some vitamin C. Uh, I don't care how you get it. You know, stay healthy. If eating only non, if you be eating vegan makes you happy, by all means, you know, just uh, take care of your, take care of yourself out there. Don't make other people feel bad for the way they want to eat. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's all I got to say about that one. All right. Uh, what, um, what, what would you like to talk about? Uh, I guess I'll talk about um, Batman Hush. Uh, I'll save the Mustang for, for my last one. Okay. Uh, so Batman Hush is the latest DC animated film. Uh, thankfully, it's directed by a guy named Justin Copeland. And uh, I really liked this. I thought it was really good. Um, it takes place in like the established, like their animated universe. I'm not entirely sure where, but, uh, it, it definitely like, it takes place like after some of the other Batman movies have taken place, but like, you don't really need to see any of those to make sense. But, um, the storyline of this movie is basically, did you ever read the hush? Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the graphic novels. Uh, I, I don't know if I ever did, uh, like when I was watching this movie, I was like, I'm sure I've read hush. And I'm like, as I'm watching this, I'm like, I'm no longer sure I read this story, but, um, basically the story is, uh, it starts off with, <laughs> well, here's how it starts is Bruce Wayne goes to this cocktail party, uh, for some charity or for Wayne enterprises or whatever. And he's like walking through the crowd and everyone's like, oh, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne's here. I can't believe you showed up. Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne. And he's like talking. And then we get this and we're like walking behind him. And then it cuts to in front of him. And Bruce Wayne is just like a Bluetooth earpiece douchebag talking to Alfred. Uh -huh. And and he's like, people are trying to talk to him. And he's like, sorry, I'm on the phone. And he's talking to Alfred. And Alfred is like giving him updates on crime throughout the city. 
and stuff. And Bruce Wayne's like, oh, uh, okay, well, I guess I can handle that. And then Nightwing pops in because I guess they're all connected all the time. And Nightwing is like blowing up some warehouse full of heroin. And Nightwing's like, nah, you stay at your party. I got this. I'm taking care of it. The police are on their way. And then uh, and Bruce Wayne's like, all right, I guess I'll stay at this party instead of punching people. And Catwoman shows up, but it's uh, Selena Kyle. And she shows up and she and Bruce Wayne were an item in the past. And they're like reconnecting a little bit here. And then while they're in the middle of it, Bruce Wayne's good friend from when his parents died, Dr. Tom. Um, let me see if I can. I don't I don't even care. Uh, Dr. Tom, he shows up and he's like, hey, Bruce, my old friend, how are you? And Bruce Wayne is like, Selena Kyle, this is my good buddy that we've never met before, Tom. Yeah, I remember that from the book where I'm like, <laughs> suddenly there's this best friend we've never heard of. Yeah. And um, and he's just like, this is my my best friend. I love this guy. All right. Uh, and then Alfred pops into his ear and he's like, oh, and the guy's like, I'm going to get us a drink. And the guy goes to the smallest bar. Like, I'm telling you, the bar is, like, five feet long. And he goes up to the bartender, whose name he knows for some reason, and he's like, Tony, line him up. Let's get a couple shots of whiskey. And uh, so Bruce Wayne gets a call from Alfred that, that Bane has kidnapped some billionaire's kid. And he's like, I gotta go. And Catwoman's like, uh, I gotta go, too. And her eyes flash green. And the and. And they both disappear. And this Dr. Tom guy turns around like he like comes back and he's like, where'd everybody go? And I'm like, this bar is so small. You had to have seen them leave. You had to anyway. And uh, and uh, so Batman goes and fights Bane. Bane seems like he's under mind control. And it turns out he is. And he's under mind control of Poison Ivy. And then. Catwoman is also under the mind control of Poison Ivy, but uh, the storyline continues in that Poison Ivy is being like coerced by this new villain named Hush, who's like this guy who just wears bandages all over his face because he's trying to he's trying to hide his identity, and uh, and so then the the Batman Batman is chasing Catwoman who has stolen this ransom money from Bane. And he's chasing her, and this guy, Hush, has this sniper rifle, and Batman and Catwoman are playing their little game of cat and flying mouse. And uh, I came up with that last I night. was just going <laughs> to say. <laughs> I was proud of that one. That joke comes to you courtesy of planning ahead. <laughs> Uh, uh, I thought of that last night because I was going to say cat and bat and I was like that doesn't make sense but cat and fly anyway oh uh, no please continue the analysis of that joke (laughs) so no that's all and uh, and so Batman is like swinging behind Catwoman and they're doing like their chase that they've done for years where he follows her but this guy Hush shows up with like the most accurate sniper rifle ever and shoots Batman's grappling hook line and Batman that falls is accurate. and Batman falls like 300 feet 
to the ground and like lands on his back. Um, he like slows. Fine. He slows himself. He slows himself down a little bit by grabbing like a gargoyle off the side of a building, but he still falls all the way to the ground and like and hits it and uh and so catwoman like shows up and she's like oh no he's really hurt and then batgirl shows up out of nowhere and and it's at this point you're like hey is this the same uh universe where batman and batgirl were banging each other because now i'm a little confused because Batman and Catwoman are banging each other in this movie. I think they're working their way towards a threesome in these things. I'm into it. And, uh, anyway, so, like, uh, so Batgirl and Catwoman have this fight, and then Catwoman leaves. She's like, just get your your boss to the doctor. And, uh, and so Catwoman somehow gets Batman back to the Batcave, and he's He's in the Batcave, and they've got bandages all over his head, and they're like, Alfred's like, he's beyond my help here. And they go, okay, well, we're going to have to take him to the hospital. And Batgirl's like, Batman can go to the hospital? And Nightwing is like, no, but Bruce Wayne can. You go take the car and smash it on the side of the road, which I feel like is from the Nightfall storyline. Uh like uh, after Bane breaks his back, uh, well, I mean, I get where it would fit. I just yeah. don't remember if that was in there or not. The crash the car uh, cover sounds right. yeah, like sounds like right. Robin and Alfred go out and smash a car up with like bats and sledgehammers to make okay. it look like Bruce was in a bad car accident. Um, and I guess they repurpose it here. But uh, anyway, um, so like the very next scene is Bruce Wayne in like this is is totally recovered in this hospital and his best friend the brain surgeon tom uh-huh. is like is like it's a good thing i was in town bruce good thing we're such good friends and you're like and immediately you're like oh is is this doctor guy hush is, <laughs> is, is is that what's going on here and uh and i won't spoil if it is or not uh because this was because this was a fun movie um, it's definitely way better than, than many of the other DC animated movies. Um, the, the twist at the end is a little crazy, but I was like, I'm into this. And, uh, the dynamic between Batman and Catwoman feels a little forced. Oh, and there's like weird mouth noises when they kiss each other. Uh, like at one point they, uh, at one point, like they're like, they're like getting close to each other real slow and then they start making out and then you just hear, and you're like, it was weird in the in the graphic novel too because I remember on the page where where they're kissing for some reason it says squee squee. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a cool movie. Um, I I would recommend checking it out. It's definitely cool. one of the better ones. Uh, so if you're in the mood for like a fun fun tale, check it out. The action in it is pretty good. Um, the dialogue is not delivered in that completely stilted manner that I can't stand. And, Where the timing's uh, all off. Yeah, like this, this, there's a few moments of that in this. Uh, I wish the animation was a little better. It still has that cheap animation look to it. And especially like being based off of a comic that Jim Lee draw, drew. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Jim Lee's like a phenomenal artist. Oh yeah, artist. The, the Hush novels were really nice looking. 
Sure. And this and this is like that that bland DC animated universe look mm. look to it. It's and, a little too and, geometric, like sharp corners and stuff. Yeah. And um, I I don't care for who's the actor that plays Batman, Jason O'Mara. Uh, Jason O'Mara is is Batman. I don't really care for his Batman because his Bruce Wayne and his Batman, I think, are the exact same voice. And that always bothers me. Um, Superman shows up in this. um, Of course. Which uh, is he in the Hush storyline? Like, is he part of it? Honestly, I don't remember. Yeah, because it feels kind of out of place, like the whole Superman part of this movie. Um, And uh, but uh, but it kind of works. And, you know, it's worth checking out. Um, So, yeah, that's really all I got for Batman Hush. Oh, uh, at one point, let me add this. Uh, So Batman has like major brain surgery to, to keep him from dying from Dr. Tom. And uh, Dr. Tom's like, so you're going to have to stay in bed for like three weeks. And, and Bruce Wayne's like, sure. And they get him back to Wayne Manor. And that night he's in the Batcave getting ready to go out on another mission. Uh-huh. And Alfred's like, Master Wayne. Oh, yeah. And the guy who does Alfred's voice is terrible. It does not fit. Uh, and he's like, Master Wayne, you were told two more weeks of bed rest. And Bruce Wayne's like, yeah, well, I got to go to Blackgate Prison, so that's not going to work. And then Br- Alfred goes, I expected as much, so I had this prepared for you. And he, like, pushes a button, and out of the floor comes some new Batman costume. And it, you know, it looks basically the same, except Alfred said, there's a bit more padding in the head so that you don't take such terrible head blows. And I'm like, that's not going to stop. You just had major <laughs> brain surgery, and you just put some <laughs> some padding in his helmet. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna stop him from when he gets smashed against a wall by Clayface. See, I'm thinking, why isn't that already in there? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Your head's kind of important. Yeah. I like... Um, What's that scene in Batman Begins when they get, like, that big shipment of helmets, but they're, like, made wrong? Oh, and they and all, like, crack and stuff? They're all, yeah, and, and doesn't Alfred make a joke, like, just try not to take any blows to the head? Something oh, like yeah, that. something in there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Batman Hush, worth checking out. All right, cool. Um, I guess the big movie here is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so I'll hit on the founder. Um okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, The Founder uh, came out a couple years ago um, and stars Michael Keaton as uh, Roy Kroc, who is not the founder of McDonald's, but the guy who basically took over McDonald's from the two brothers, the McDonald brothers, who did start the company. Um, And this movie is... It does a good job of telling the story for the most part. Um, and, I mean, I just watched it last night, so I haven't had a lot of time to like think about it. Um, but I kind of walked away from it going, eh, I could have done without seeing that. Um, but it's not because it's bad. It's, uh, you know, the most compelling people in the movie, I feel like, are actually the two brothers, the McDonald brothers. Mm-hmm. Um and I know I've seen both of the actors before. I think one of them is in like the office or something. He's, or, or maybe, um, 
What's that movie that's like, or that show that's like The Office that people like, but it's not? Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah I think he's on one of those. Um, and the other brother, I think, was like used to be on Home Improvement um, as like a neighbor or someone's brother or something. Um, not like movie star guys. Um, Laura Dern's in this as Ray Kroc's wife. Um, and, and actually, she and the two of them are probably the most interesting characters in the movie. Or maybe it's just that they're the most um, – the easiest to like kind of feel empathy towards. Um, Michael Keaton I, – I, you know, I can't even tell, honestly. I, I don't know anymore whether Michael Keaton's doing a good job at acting or whether he's just being Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I guess that just, I, I guess that is, I guess I, I'm going to land on like Michael Keaton's just being Michael Keaton. I feel like the, the last time I saw him do something and I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. That's not just him being himself was um, the other guys. Mm-hmm. You remember that? The other guys yeah. with The Rock and, and Mark Wahlberg and. Samuel Jackson, not that The Rock and Samuel Jackson are in it for very long, but you know, don't go chasing waterfalls. That's the thing, yeah. Like Michael Keaton's doing all these like TLC quotes. Um, oh, and Will Ferrell's in that. That's probably important. Um, but uh, yeah, in other things, I just feel like he's kind of like doing him, and and it it's fine. Like it was fine in in Spider Man Homecoming. You know, he's the Vulture, um, but. It's it, I don't know. It's starting to feel like kind of a one note thing. Um, so that said, the the story's pretty straightforward. You're watching this guy who's sort of a loser salesman stumble upon an opportunity to to it, well, it's it's half stumbling and it's half his ambition because he's just like trying different things. Every time he's talking to somebody about like, hey, I've got this idea, they're like, oh, here he goes with another idea. Um, and then it's kind of like a guy who seems like just a sort of loser having things work out and kind of looking retrospectively at it and go like, Oh, he was probably an asshole the whole time, but he became a powerful asshole. He started out as a loser and became a powerful asshole. Um, and it's a, it's a decent movie. Um, I wouldn't (laughs) advise against watching it. Mm-hmm. But it's very, you know, it's very familiar if you're watching like a biopic and it's about someone who's a bad person, which I feel like most of them are. Um, you know, most of the biopics are like you're going to watch someone be a jerk and sometimes they get some comeuppance and sometimes they don't. I won't spoil this one on whether or not he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I it, it's a decent movie. It's long. I expected it to be like an hour and a half. Um, it's definitely uh, over two hours. Oh wow! Yeah, but it is if you if you're at all curious about like the history of McDonald's, mm-hmm. it is actually a pretty interesting movie in that sense. And and that part, I'm actually kind of glad I saw that because I've always kind of wondered about. I'd heard different things about like McDonald's was originally a pretty nice good-hearted company and now it's this like monster um so you do get to see that happen so if you're interested in that check it out it's worth a watch and they um 
they, they call everything McDonald's and stuff. Like they don't have to like dance around copyrights and trademarks and call it like Whack Donald's. Oh no 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 no! This is very much like it, it's it's very much just like it is what it is. It's mm. it's it's not a um. It's it's not an analogy of a real life story. It's just like here are the people. If if, it, if they wanted it to just be a documentary, it could have been. Okay. So it's um, I guess the only thing I could think of is um, like the social network. How like they use like everybody's real names and that, and like I guess uh, it's based on actual events, kind of a thing. That description fits. I never saw the social network, and I probably won't. But it's, oh, it's excellent. That's what people say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's it that's all i got uh okay great well then that brings me to my other movie that i saw called the mustang um don't ask me why we decided to watch this movie we just like kind of saw it my wife was like let's watch that and i went all right it's an hour and a half or an hour and 36 minutes let's check it out uh so we turn it on uh it's Directed by a woman named, uh, I believe she's French, so again, apologies. Her name is Laure, Laure de Clermont-Tonnerre. And uh, I loved this movie. Really? I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. It was, it was, it's, it's as predictable as any movie could be, um, but... It's the um, the performances in the movie that are that are fantastic. Mm. Uh, so basically, the plot of the movie is um, uh, it starts off with like some text on the screen talking about, um, and this surprised me that there are tons of wild horses out in the West, Western America, mm-hmm. and um, I guess there's like two, there's, there's so many that there's too many of them that they have to like round some of them up and they, and some of them are like brought to like private auctions and you know, like some of that. But, uh, the main crux of the story is that some of these horses get brought to prisons and one of the rehabilitation programs they have at some of these prisons is that the prisoners basically work with these wild horses, um, like 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 they break the horses down and then uh get them ready to be like auctioned to become like police horses um if if that makes sense so like like they take yeah. these wild horses and then like they they train them mm-hmm. um and uh and uh it's 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 basically the story of this one inmate named Roman Coleman who is played by this actor um uh, apologies again um matthias Schoenarts, um who is like a belgian actor uh who isn't in anything else like i looked at his uh imdb he was in red sparrow but i never saw that um but like he's in i guess a lot of belgian films but um this guy was so good in this movie I mean, like the acting that this guy does, like from the first minute of the movie, you're like, man, this guy is really intimidating. Hmm. And, and he's just got this like smoldering intensity about him. And he's like this violent criminal who's in prison for, for terrible things. And he, and he's, 
you know, he knows why he's there. And, um, and he's just recently been transferred to this, this new prison. He's just been transferred to this new prison. And the movie starts with this, uh, psychologist lady basically giving him this, this test and he is beyond bored and like he doesn't have any lines for like the first three minutes of the movie while this psychologist lady talks to him and just the like look of like disgust and disinterest on his face you're like i love this man this guy is this guy is amazing and um basically long story short he gets assigned to the 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 horse program Mm -hmm. and he doesn't and he's like this gang ish guy you don't really really learn a whole lot about his backstory but he's got like tattoos uh on him and like like some of them seem like gang tattoos like i don't know i don't know anything about the latin kings but he's got like this tattoo on his neck that looks like a crown and i'm like oh i wonder if he's a latin king because of that you know like he's like he definitely wasn't a good guy out of prison mm-hmm. and um not that all gang members are bad people <laughs> and um and so uh so anyway so like he starts working with this horse he doesn't know anything about horses uh Bruce Dern who is like 700 years old at this point is the uh the guy in charge of the program and he like puts him in with this 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 Mustang who like is like crazy um mm-hmm. and basically he and the horse have a lot in common they're both out of control they're both unbreakable spirits kind of a thing uh-huh. and uh and it's like at this point you're like i know how this movie's gonna go you know like like you you, you figure out what the plot of this movie's gonna be from like the first five minutes of the movie you're like okay he's gonna he's gonna learn a lot about himself he's gonna learn a lot about the horse the horse is gonna learn a lot about him and uh all that stuff basically happens and um it doesn't matter. Like basically what really matters in this movie is the performances and the, the main character, the, the, the guy, Matthias, the actor, mm-hmm. he is so good in this movie. Um, like the, the character development from him, like the, the, the portrayal that he does of this guy, how he like changes as a person th- throughout the movie is, is so good and, and, and moving. And, and like the stuff that the stuff that he does, like every every decision that he makes, you're like, okay, I can see why he'd have to do that. I could see why he would have to do that. And then like when he succeeds at stuff, you're like, yeah, man, you're doing it. And then when like he fails at stuff, you're like, just get back up on that horse, literally. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and you're like, okay. And then the the other thing is that the second best actor in this movie is the damn horse. The horse is amazing like the he the, this guy and this horse like i want them to be in a, in another movie together <laughs> war horse too second yeah. shot well um i was talking to jill about this while we we're watching this movie and i was like do you remember when we saw hidalgo yes and we were both like this is the greatest movie that there ever was uh you me and troy uh i think it was chris actually i don't think troy was there was it no, oh. okay. I think it was Chris because we went to go see something else that was sold out and we were like, well, let's go see Hidalgo and make fun of that. Huh. And and I found it utterly enchanting. Yeah. Yeah. We were all like, wow, that was a lot better. We thought we were just killing time. Yeah. And then we saw it again and I was like, oh, this isn't as good the second time. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is kind of terrible. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I don't understand what happened to the magic of Hidalgo. But like, if you haven't seen Hidalgo more than once, check it out because the first time was great. Um, but like, the horse acting is is just amazing. Oh, and I was supposed to make this joke that Sarah Jessica Parker plays the horse, and uh, she does a Ouch. great job. <laughs> What an original joke. And, uh, you know, Nick, that probably really hurt her feelings. I happen to know she's a listener. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, JP. J. Yeah. S. SJP. Um, Jeez. You're just hurting her every way you can. Oh, sorry. I did like Hocus Pocus. And, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, if, if you're looking for a movie that is, um, like it doesn't make you cry or anything like that, but like the emotional performances and, and character development and, and, uh, just like an overall pretty decent story yeah. told very well. Uh, I would really recommend checking this out. What's devastating is that I looked at the IMDB rating for this movie and it's 6.9 wow. and, and That's that Alita, it is pretty low, especially for something like this. And, and that Alita Battle Angel movie was like 7.2 or 4 or something like that. And I'm like, that movie was terrible. My wife brought up a good point. She's like, more people saw that than this. And I looked at it and like the, the Mustang only has 4,000 some reviews. And the uh, Alita Battle Angel has like 10 times as many as that. So I imagine that that plays into it heavily. But um, But that doesn't. That doesn't necessarily mean it should get more points because if people see it and they like, don't it, like it, yeah, you know? yeah, you're right. But um, I mean, as far as I like, mean, a lot of people saw the last Star Wars movie too, but a lot of them didn't like it. Yeah, I was one of them. I know, and and um, it's a it's it's a it's a very predictable movie, but you're there for the performances, and I, and I would highly recommend checking it out. Okay, cool. Uh, and then that brings us to, you saw a movie in the theaters, Matt. I did. Good catch. So that means it's time for Preview Corner. Hit the theme. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Preview. <laughs> anyway, um, actually, I'm going to hit a quick commercial corner and just oh, say that. the theme for that. No. Um, <laughs> uh, when this damn commercial... <laughs> goes away with people finishing each other's sentences i am going to rejoice for like five minutes and there's going to be another one that i'll have to see for six months and i'll eat it uh-huh. but um but that's it just still seeing that commercial wishing wishing coke would get back on their civil drama thing you know <laughs> tell me I, I can fight the system by drinking coke again um and and I wonder where that young lady with the giant can went to. Um, You're talking about the Coke can. Yes. Uh, so, okay. So, to, on to Preview Corner. Uh, um, first, I saw a, a preview for a movie called Good Boys. And this was the... Uh, I think of all the previews, this is the only one that was um, a red, red screen trailer. So, like, the, the trailer itself is rated R. Um, and it is nothing but like three or four young boys cursing, like just dropping F bombs left and right. Um, and it's all about them finding out about sex and stuff. So it's like very, very crude. 
Um, and I got to say, for the first half of the preview, I was just like, all right, this looks like another, you know, we're just going to try to shock you. And, you know, half the idiots out there will think it's funny just for that. Um, but by about halfway through, I was, I, I found myself kind of laughing. Um, and I don't, I don't know that I necessarily want to see it, but I, I will admit, like, by the end of it, I was like, this preview could go on longer. I wouldn't mind. Oh, okay. Um, but then what it was didn't. It, it was called Good Boys. Good Boys, okay. Uh, and then I saw a preview for a movie called The Kitchen, which is about... The Kitchen? Yeah. Um, and Or at least that's what I think it was called. Um, and I, I might have been just been trying to write down stuff from the preview before that, so I missed something here or there. Um, but it's a bunch of women who I believe their husbands were into like shady stuff, like the mob or something like that. And then the women, the wives of all these guys are like, our husbands suck. Let's take over this town. And so they all just like become the, uh, like the, the heads of whatever this organization is. Um, yeah. And I, there were a lot of famous people in it, but I can't think of any of the folks that are in it right now. I think Elizabeth Moss might be in it. Uh, and that's all I got. <laughs> um, and then I saw a, a preview for a movie called Hustlers. And it's J-Lo and uh, a bunch of strippers. And I think J-Lo is a stripper. And they're trying to make money. That's all I got. Um, and then I saw a preview for this. So it's this preview where they're showing all these people fighting in different wars. And this guy's like, yeah, we are this special elite something something. And here's what it's like to to be this special fighting force. And I'm like, this is kind of strange. I can't tell like if i'm seeing like time travel and people are going to different places or if this is an organization that's lasted for millennia or what and throughout the preview i'm like there's something about this that see feels kind of familiar and then at the end i found out that it was the movie is called the king's man and it is the third of the kingsman what i suppose is a trilogy what yeah there's a third one already uh, apparently, I mean, I don't know when it's coming out, but it looks wow. like it. Uh, and it, did you see that second one? I can't remember if you did. I did. I did. And I thought it was less good than the first one. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, and, and I don't think it had, I don't think I saw any of the same actors. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I'm not, I'm not quite sure what the, the actual deal is with like who the main character is supposed to be or anything. I think the, the preview is really just focusing on this whole history of it thing. Um, wow. And then I saw a preview for a movie called knives out, which is an ensemble murder mystery movie. That's got Chris Evans and Daniel Craig playing someone with a Southern accent. Um, and, Oh, there were a lot of people. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Um, Tony Collette's in it. And it's it's like a bunch of family members 
all together because someone died and I guess there's something trying to be figured out about who gets their money or whatever. And Daniel Craig is the Sherlock Holmes in this situation. Um, even though he's got a Southern accent and (laughs) he's basically trying to figure out who done it. And in the midst of it, he's just finding out these are all really terrible people. Um, it looks kind of entertaining. It has that feel of like, when when you finally see it, it could actually like really really suck, or it'll be kind of like, it'll be really entertaining. Like like you know, it's got like a Guy Ritchie feel. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, that's kind of how I feel about that uh, that murder on the Orient Express movie that came out last year or earlier this year. Yeah, where it had like that huge cast, and I was like, "This is either really good or it's terrible." And I think the consensus was that it was terrible. Yeah, it, it, it's very much the same preview. It's just like if you wanted to take that and make it R-rated. Mm-hmm. Uh, seriously, like I, I couldn't have. But that's exactly the perfect connection to make there. So yeah, um, and then there's a movie that I called Race War Cop Killer, uh, but it's <laughs> actually called Queen and Slim. Um, and apparently, for some reason, this movie has Flea in it because, um, you know, it's his heyday. Uh, but it's got um, the guy from Get Out, which Nick still needs to see. <laughs> we almost watched it last Oh, night. my God. But then we watched The Mustang. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just watch the damn movie. Uh, <laughs> you're going to hate it because it's going to be so overhyped at this point. Yeah. Um, but it looks like. This movie's kind of it's pretty serious, um, and it's it looks a little bit like uh, kind of Bonnie and Clyde-ish, but it's it's not actually like they're not they're not outright criminals. Um, it, it seems like the uh, the main character and his girlfriend, or, or maybe she's the main character too. Like they're they're out. I just don't recognize her, but I've seen him and stuff. Um, they're out on a date and they get pulled over by a white cop and he starts getting abusive to them and something goes sour. And instead of the, the, you know, black character getting shot, which, you know, like real life, um, instead he's like, gets the gun or something and ends up shooting the cop. And, um, the rest of the movie is sort of them trying to escape. And also, sort of having a following of sorts, like it's recorded and I, I guess it gets, you know, it's out in the news and then people are, um, you know, it's, it's sort of commentary on, on feeling disenfranchised and like, I kind of get the, the sense that it's a bit like the, the OJ Simpson thing where it's like, you know, wanting to see people not just follow through the same pattern of what happens, you know, repeatedly. Um, and, things being kind of reversed, but I, I, I can't tell. I couldn't tell from the preview whether it actually looked like it was a good movie or not. I, I get the sense that it's got good commentary to make, but I, I couldn't really tell whether it was like something I um, feel like would be like good. You know, uh-huh. just like good to see. Um, That's a preview for a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh yeah. I saw that trailer. This is a movie where Tom Hanks is playing Mr. Rogers. Uh-huh. And I can't tell, like, if they're trying to imply in the preview that, like, Mr. Rogers actually had some shady stuff in his closet, or if they're just trying to say, 
people would think he does, but he's actually the one good person in the world. <laughs> There's nothing more to it. Um, but I got to say, I, 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 I watched Mr. Rogers when I was a kid, and I, I don't think of it as something like I don't like remember it very fondly. But throughout the preview, I'm like, man, I love Mr. Rogers. <laughs> so I don't I don't know what to make of it, but I uh, I'm willing to see it. Yeah, uh, I was uh, I saw that trailer. I was like, well, this is going to be two hours of Tom Hanks just smiling. Uh-huh. And uh, and I'm like, and he'll probably win an Oscar for it because uh, there's no one in the world that's best suited to play Mr. Rogers than Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, I thought it looked pretty good. I I I, I feel like I feel like they're going to go with Mister Rogers as the most wholesome being that there ever was, and that the other main character in the movie, the guy who's doing the story on him, uh-huh. is the guy who's got like a bunch of shady stuff in his past, and he's got to overcome that because he r- realizes the love of Mister Rogers. Yeah, I, I mean, with the story you told earlier, I think basically Mister Rogers is the horse. And the yeah. reporter is the, the criminal. Yeah, and they're yeah. gonna they're gonna learn some things about each other, and uh, and he's gonna he's gonna break in that guy, <laughs> or break, break Mister Rogers. I don't he's know. Gonna, <laughs> he's gonna break Mister Rogers' spirit. <laughs> the analogy falls apart at some point. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, I saw a preview for Zombieland Two, uh-huh. uh, and I, I got a trailer as well. I really enjoyed Zombieland, um, and this looks like crap. There was nothing in this preview that like I actually found funny, but it seemed pretty clear that the movie thinks it is. And I was like, "Where? Where's a good joke? You got what's probably two hours to choose from, and you got nothing." So I don't know. Uh, but I, you know, to tell you the truth, I didn't expect much from the first one. I think I went and saw it because. Uh, person I was dating at the time wanted to see it, and I was like, oh, "All right, well." And then I saw it, and I had a good time. I thought it was really funny, so maybe I'll be surprised. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first one. Um, this one, uh, the new trailer, I was like, uh... "It looked like a lot of hey, look at Woody Harrelson dressed differently. Here yeah. he is in an Elvis costume. Here he is looking like something else." Uh, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, so. Yeah, I did. I, I did like the little sequence where like they meet that other girl and like Emma Stone is like jealous or whatever. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, you told her the rules. And he's like, just a couple. And, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. And I was like, that's that's funny. But uh, but for the most part, I was uh, not super impressed by it. I did yeah. like at the end where Thomas Middleditch showed up and they're supposed to be like another version of yeah it's like that seinfeld episode where there's like a bizarro version of everybody yeah that's a great great example yeah um i i like emma stone but i i i like her as an actress and i won't take for granted that just because she's in something that means it's good at all amazing spider-man too anyway (laughs) all right so once upon a time in hollywood all right i'm excited to hear about this yeah, uh, you know, new Quentin Tarantino movie starring Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. And um, the there's not much of a plot to this movie. Um, it's, it's a lot of character development. It's like two hours of just character development, which isn't all that unusual for Quentin Tarantino. Um, 
And so this, in a lot of ways, is a Tarantino movie. It's a slow burn. Um, but it's kind of a little bit... It's You know how Tarantino can be interesting, but ha- it can be really annoying? Oh, yeah. The, the annoying stuff is toned down a bit. I mean, there are like all sorts of F-bombs and stuff, but it's not like... And I love Reservoir Dogs, but there's so much of Reservoir Dogs. There's so much of Quentin Tarantino trying to be provocative that it's just like, okay, you can throw as much offensive language out there as you want. It doesn't make this more interesting. Um, This one, it's toned down enough that it still feels kind of more realistic. You know what I mean? Okay. Like you can throw grit into things to to make it more realistic, but then if you throw too much in, it starts just seeming over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is toned down a bit, so it's a, it's a little bit more realistic. Um, there there were a few times in this movie where like there were a few good laughs, um, and I think I'm going to need a bit more time away from this movie to see how I really feel about it because throughout the movie. Um, so so okay so the, like I said there's not a whole lot of plot but here's who the people are. You've got Leonardo DiCaprio who's a bit of a washed up actor and Brad Pitt who's his stuntman and also his like best friend maybe only friend uh-huh. um and who follows him around everywhere and he lives in a crappy little trailer but he's always hanging out with uh Leonardo DiCaprio um you know, in his rich house, and he's he's more or less his driver, more than anything, because he's not getting a lot of stunt work. And then you've got Margot Robbie playing Sharon Tate, um, and then uh, Charles Manson's people, and Charles Manson is a character briefly in this, but like his followers are in it a little bit more. And so these are all the people who are like present in the movie, um, and. It's a slow movie, and looking back on it from the end, I'm like, maybe there's not a lot I would have changed about it, but I definitely checked my watch a lot throughout the movie, because I was like, is this... This doesn't feel like it's going anywhere, and Mm -hmm. I'm kind of bored, but I'm I'm enjoying the characters, and that's... Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are great in their roles, so that's, that's kind of a saving grace. Um, but there was a point where I checked my watch and I was like, uh, maybe this movie just won't even come together. Maybe this is just some sort of thing where there's, it's not going to unify or anything. Um, but there's a bit of a, a punchline, you know, things come together. And I think if I had known that ahead of time, just been able to like trust it more, I would have been a little bit, I would have been a Jesus dude. Yeah, my kids are throwing rocks. Apparently, oh, or boulders. Oh, yeah, geez. we've got all these. We have all these boulders, and and they're they're very strong. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were gonna be like, I just broke my leg. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so okay, so um, it it does come together, but it's probably now. I've never seen um. What's the one that you watched a couple months ago? Oh, Hateful Eight. The, the Hateful Eight, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that one, but I, I, I know it's a real slow burn. Um, from what I understand, it's kind of tense the whole time. Yeah. Um, this movie doesn't have that tension, so it's it's weird in this way. It doesn't feel quite so compelling. 
Um, a lot of feet. Quentin Tarantino. I know he's not planning on making many more movies. It seems like he's trying to get as much feet in as he possibly can while he Gross. can. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a big fan of feet, so I didn't really enjoy it. Um, Wiggle your big toe. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, so anyway, it, you know, it's kind of a long road to a punchline that does work. Um, but I think it could still have been edited down a bit. Again, I might feel a little bit differently in the future, but for now I'm going to say if you, if they, if you went through with a, with a comb, you might leave all the scenes, but you could probably make most of them a bit shorter. Um, and you know, there's a preview out that says in, they say in the preview, Margot Robbie is the heart of the movie or something like that. Uh-huh. And that that's just not true. Like she's barely in it. She's fine. I mean, as an actress, she does a fine job um kind of capturing this sort of enthusiastic actress um character, you know, real human being. Um and the character does uh, I'm trying to be careful with my words here. Does need to be in the movie for like if she weren't there at the end of the movie, you'd go like, well, why did why did this movie why did the why did these characters happen? <laughs> you know, like why is this here? Um, oh. So the character needs to be there, but Margot Robbie's definitely not the heart of this movie. Um, so don't let that sell you on going to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, when the movie ended. One guy in the audience clapped. <laughs> and I was like, that's a pretty good metaphor for how I feel. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, this is a good metaphor for the hype versus the product. A lot of hype. Products, okay. I will say this, though. As far as the characters go, Leonardo DiCaprio, especially Brad Pitt, are really fun. And there are moments that, you know, don't necessarily need to happen in the movie for anything to like, you know, for the need of anything plot wise. But I'm like, Uh oh, I'm glad that scene was there. Like um, Bruce Lee is in this movie um, and doesn't need to be, but it's awesome. (laughs) And the, the scene that he's in is is phenomenal. Um, and it's not, the, it's, it's not the real Bruce Lee, right? It's no, actor. no, it's an actor okay. pretending to. Be I don't Bruce know if they Lee. like took some footage and like cut it in. No, 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 no. Take some liberties, <laughs> but um, yeah, there and his interactions with the Brad Pitt character in, in one scene in particular, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I think if you know ahead of time that like it's going to be a long time before anything seems relevant to each other, and mm-hmm. that but that it will, it's not going to be a mind blowing like oh wow that came together so perfectly that this whole movie was great, but at least know that while you're watching it, there is a point, because I know about like twenty or thirty minutes before it was over, I was like I I this movie may just be kind of a waste of time. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I would recommend it. I would say, check it out. Uh, I think, I think you'll like it a lot. 
and again, knowing that, you know, having some reassurance that it is going to sort of fruition to something, um, I think will probably allow you to enjoy it more. Okay. Yeah. Um, we were talking about the hateful eight and, uh, you're saying, uh, one of my main complaints about the hateful eight, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it, but like, it definitely felt like it needed someone to rein Tarantino in a little bit. Like, um, like there's, there's a whole sequence in it where it's just for shock value and it's, and, and I think I said when I was talking about this movie that there's like, you could remove stuff from, from that movie easily, but it would affect like the characters reactions to things uh-huh. um like there's a whole like there's a whole rape sequence in in the hateful eight and you're like this doesn't really need to be here but like it does and you're like uh all right okay um but like it sounds like maybe in this movie somebody like reined him back a little bit or maybe he learned his maybe he did like just dialed it back a little bit for the sake of dialing it back rather than I'm going to go full bore. It's, it's, it's pretty strange. Cause like the rape sequence in the hateful eight is, is, is horrifying and distasteful and like you could do without it. But at the same time, without it, the stuff that happens next, uh, wouldn't be as powerful. Yeah. So it's like, it's like one of those things where you're like, well, at least it's not just in there for the sake of being in there. But I feel like they could have gotten there a different way. I would say this is very, very similar, actually. But with the rather than it being over the topness that got um, that you're like, does this need to be here or not? It's more the it it doesn't feel self-indulgent because it's not over the top. It just feels like, do I really need this much time with this character? Just seeing them walk around or, you know, do whatever they're doing. Like, does this scene really need to like at the end? Like I said, you could probably edit down some scenes, but they're even though a lot of scenes don't need to be there at the end, you kind of do go, well, I'm glad all the scenes that were there were there for me to, like you said, kind of have the character react the way they do or have it make sense, like feel feel really contextualized. Mm -hmm. Um so, you know, it's like kind of like, yeah, okay, those do need to be there. But while someone may have reigned in his um, over-the-top nature, I feel like he could have had someone rein him in a little bit just in terms of, like, how much time he takes to do stuff. Mm. So, But overall, it's still good. Um, and, and, and I think you'll enjoy it a lot. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I probably won't see it till it's on video, though. There's probably not much need to see it while it's in the theater. Hmm. Oh, and I'll tell you what, this is the first time in quite some time that I've been to a movie the night it came out. Oh. And I didn't I didn't even realize it was the the opening night until like I looked around the room cuz this movie started at like 11:30. Okay. And and I looked around the theater and saw how full it was and I was like, "Why are there so many people here?" And uh and I was like, "Oh. Oh." This movie just came out today. That's why. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, that's, that's it. Cool. Uh, okay. Well, then that brings us to the segment on our show where we rank the movies we've discussed on our movie ranking list. Uh, we've been c- collating, collecting, ga- gathering, building, <laughs> building, <laughs> building this list since uh, December 
And uh, the rules are basically you watch a movie and it has to be better or worse than a movie on the list. Uh, so I'll go first cause I already kind of placed these. Um, and I'll start with the Mustang. Uh, I'm going to put that into the new number 16 slot between free solo and battleship Potemkin. Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half stars. I would give it four, except that there's this obnoxious drug subplot in the movie that doesn't need to be there at all. Um, and then there's like this other character where like from the first minute you're like, Oh, something terrible is going to happen to him. And, uh, <laughs> but like I said, the movie's really, really predictable, but it's the, the acting that, that really saves it. Uh, and it's total recommend. So, uh, I'm going to give that, uh, if I didn't say three and a half stars, cool. uh, then the other movie that I watched was Batman hush. And I'm going to put that into the number 34 slot uh, between Popstar and Outlaw King. Uh, and I'm going to give that movie three stars and a total yes, recommend. All right, cool. All right. And, and that brings us to Matt's list. Yeah, and I'll go from the top. Um, and I, after talking with you, I just cut and pasted this. I moved it up like seven slots. Um, cause yeah, I, I, again, the more, the more time I have to look back on it, I think my, my view of it will change more and more. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt so much. Um, I had to move once upon a time in Hollywood up and it is now between happy death day to you and the John wick, uh, two and three. Oh, so into the number 13 slot. Yeah. And again, I, I do want to say, like, Margot Robbie was great in her role. She just isn't there much. Mm. Um, let's see. Doo, doo, doo. And how many stars would you give that? Uh, I'll give it three and a half. Three and a half stars. Okay. And uh, a recommend? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I actually originally had it closer to bad times at the El Royale. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of occurring to me how... There are some pretty similar vibes between the two. Um, but anyway, moving on. Uh, the founder is going to go below, as above, so below. And oh. above, Rosemary's Baby. Wait, right, what? Into the... Uh, <laughs> let's change that. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit that out. Let's see. Um no, <laughs> it's gonna go. <laughs> it's gonna go beneath creep too. Oh, dropping all the way down. Okay, uh, so it's going into the number twenty six spot between creep two and Brightburn. Yeah. Uh, how many stars would you give the founder? Um, three. Three stars, and would you like slash recommend it? Sure. All right. All right. And then. Uh, the other movie you watched is What the Health. <laughs> it reminds me of that Stephen Colbert, like the Colbert Report. Um, I'll see you in health segment. Oh, okay. I vaguely remember that. Um, so, yeah, that's going to fall between Blazing Saddles and Triple Frontier. Oh, where's that? It's making me feel like... Uh... Blazing Saddles needs to be a little bit higher than it is. (laughs) (laughs) So it's going into the number 48 spot. And how many stars would you give that? Uh, One and a half. 
And would you like slash recommend it? No. (laughs) Okay. All right. And uh, that's all the movies you saw, right? That's right. All right. If you want to take a look at our list, you can check it out on our letterboxed page. Uh, You can find a link to that on our website, which is... Uh, which is this week in film.com uh, <laughs> check check that out uh, Matt do you have anything to plug for this week's Midwest Matt recommends yeah this might be a little late now that the you know um, Robert Mueller uh, has done his like testifying stuff uh, but if you're interested in reading the full Mueller report um, it, it, or like hearing it not if you don't have time to sit down and read it there's a podcast called the Mueller Report Audio, um, and basically it's just a guy who's pretty good at reading, reading the book or reading the report. Oh, okay. So yeah, you can kind of kind of an audio by book section kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's free. So um, so yeah, I, I started listening to it. It's definitely like you know, it's it's a report, so it's kind of dry and, and it's easy to get at least for me kind of distracted, but. I've been wanting to read it and realizing this is probably the only way I'll get around to it. So. Uh-huh. There you go. Mueller Report okay. Audio. Mueller Report Audio. Okay. Uh, and then again, check out thisweekinfilm.com for Midwest Matt Recommends. Uh, there's like a little tab on the side of the page for that where you can see all the things Matt's recommended over the last few weeks. Uh, Matt, anything else for this week? Um... Yeah, you know, I don't want to be the only one doing this, so I'd like to also suggest that people try spite dieting. <laughs> <laughs> you should write a book. <laughs> yeah, it'll just uh, be like the, it'll just be called the spite diet, and then when you open it up, instead of actually telling you what to eat, it'll be like, "Who do you want to piss off?" <laughs> yeah, it's just a big picture of a middle finger. <laughs> Who do you find the most annoying? Eat yeah. their diet and see if you can <laughs> later be like, you're full of shit. Prove them wrong. Or like, good point. <laughs> I do feel better after eating some vegetables. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have. So if right. that is the end of the reel, we'll see you next week. Oh, God. Next week. <laughs> next week. In film. <laughs> in film. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to throw you off. <laughs> next, next next week next week in puberty <laughs> <laughs> and that was puberty corner <laughs> brought to you by nick <laughs> all right goodbye see y'all <laughs> <laughs>